Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning and welcome to Cox Media Houston's Public Affairs Show FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. College isn't just for kids, of course we know that. Whatever the reason, some students choose to postpone college. However, the trend of adults returning to school is on the rise, and on the list of best colleges for non-traditional students, the University of St. Thomas makes a consistent appearance. And so with us today, we have Philip Butcher, who is the Director of Transfer Admissions and Veteran Services at the University of St. Thomas here in Houston. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Susie. Thank you so much for coming in here. This is great. Uh, the University of St. Thomas is a jewel here in Houston, something that we are all extremely, incredibly uh, uh, proud of. And we're talking about this great adult degree and veterans uh, services that you do. Um, first of all, tell me a little bit about you and how did you get into working at the University of St. Thomas? Absolutely. Um, I've been at the university for about six years now. Um, I have a marketing background and the way I I came to the university. Um, I helped start a a nonprofit here in Houston for Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, the Lone Star Veterans Association. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Brian Escobedo. Yep, yep. Very, very good friend of mine. I just saw him this morning, actually. Um, So I was doing that on the administrative and marketing and communication side, and the, the role opened up at the university, and there were a lot of similarities to what I was doing as a volunteer. Um, I interviewed and and got the role and and have been successful in it. Um, Because of that success, about a year and a half later, I was put over the transfer admissions office as well. So that's working with all non-traditional undergraduate students. So basically anyone who is not coming out of high school to go to school. Right. And you are a veteran as well. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I served in the U.S. Air Force from uh, 99 until the end of 2003. I, uh, I was a flight crew member on C-130 cargo planes in the Air Force. And you were in? Um, yeah, so I got to see kind of both sides of the military before 9-11 and then after 9-11. So I got to see peacetime and wartime. So my first deployment was to Germany, which was awesome. And then after that, the deployments were much less awesome to Pakistan and Oman to fly around uh, Afghanistan and then Iraq. Yeah, it got real then. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for your service. It we all appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you. Thank you. So now you are at the University of St. Thomas, and you are working with um, non-traditional students, uh, adults continuing their education, or um, also veteran services. And mm-hmm. this is something that I imagine, because of your experience, you can really communicate and talk with veterans who are wanting to return and to adults who are running to return and, and get their education. Tell me a little bit about their motivations. What are they coming to school for? What are they looking for? Um, most of them know that the... Uh that a bachelor's degree is a really good path to economic empowerment. It's not the only path, but it's a very it's a very kind of cut and dried and very well laid out path to better job, better pay, and things like that. Um, so if they're coming from the military, you've got somebody uh, who's been out of the classroom environment for anywhere from four to twenty years. Um, so there's some some trepidation and some nervousness about getting back into classes. What I tell the veterans, and actually most non-traditional students fall into this, but um, 
your life experiences, most of them were probably much more difficult than what's going to happen in, in an academic setting. And so isn't that funny? They would be coming to school being nervous mm -hmm. when the things that they've already done, they've overcome so much. Yeah, absolutely. And then you you think about even just a a regular um, older non-traditional student. They've got a family. They're balancing that with work. All that stuff is much more difficult than coming to school. Um, So I I try to work with them on that to ease some of their fears and and show them that this really is something um, that, that they can do and that they are capable of doing. What are a lot of the reasons we listed a couple of why, why people aren't in or didn't continue their education. Um, you're seeing a lot of people who, who've already, like you said, started families, things like that. What are some other reasons? Um, starting families, you know, we, we hear a lot, well, life just sort of took over. Um, a lot of people were able to get into really good careers, um, but then with the way the recession hit, um, I think that's still playing havoc on the workforce. I saw something that Georgetown University did a study, and since 2010 to 2016, 98% of the job growth in the U.S. has been for jobs with a bachelor's degree. So if you're sitting around and, you, and, and you're in the workforce and you don't have a bachelor's degree, you've probably seen that. And so that's a big motivation for people to come back and actually finish. Yeah. Um, what about maybe somebody who finds themselves uh, in, in, in a point in their life where they've um, done, they've, I guess, done one job and they have a completely different interest? You know, a lot of us, how do we know what we want to do when we're kids and we pick our degrees, we, we pick our, our, our business? Do you see a lot of that? Yeah, we see a lot of that. Um, a lot of people, we have a very popular nursing program, and so we see a lot of people who've worked in professional jobs, and then they feel that they've gotten the calling to go into the into a medical field, so there's definitely that. Yeah, there is a calling, isn't there? I know that I have several friends who have gone off in a completely different re- direction from when they started, and maybe they have a medical issue in the family, or all of a sudden they... They, they wake up and they go, you know, I really don't feel like I'm helping people. I want to help people. So they want to go to nursing. Yeah, and I think those are the best kind of students, the ones that really do feel that it's a calling, um, that they have a passion for helping people. We see a lot of people that maybe they've heard about the salaries or the job prospects for nurses, which are, are really good. It's an in-demand field. But I don't know that that's always the best motivation, the ones that I really like to see or where they feel like they have a, a purpose to help others. Yeah. What about um, single single parents or single moms, things like that? Um, yeah, we have quite a we have a, a pretty good sized population of single parents. And so they they seem to deal with the challenges uh, pretty well. I don't I don't think I could do it. I couldn't do that either. <laughs> and then go to school. Wow. So how what kind of things do you do to help them when they're coming in there and they're um, you know, they have a lot of other stresses and a lot of other responsibilities in their life? Um, yeah. So the the biggest thing I think University of St. Thomas brings for for any type of student is the size of the school. The average class size is 16 students. So if you're in a class with your professor, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one time. You'll get a lot of mentorship and support. Um, The other thing is the professor is going to know you. They're going to know your learning styles, and they're going to kind of understand what's going on in your life. Um, You're still going to have to do the work, and the work is rigorous, but we can can work with you if if your schedule is very busy and things like that. on the, the staff side, it's also a, a similar ratio where we have a lot more staff. Um, as far as our staff to student ratio, it's something like 15 to 1 as well. So when you're working with like financial aid or the admissions office, um, we can make it very convenient for you so that you know, you're not working around our schedule. We're trying to work with your schedule. Yeah. Um, and then to me, one of the big things with the adult degree completion program 
is in this program you can qualify for scholarship monies as a part-time student. Um, typically, to get any sort of part, any sort of scholarship or financial aid, you need to attend full time. But in this program, we understand that it's going to be working adults, um, people with families who may not be able to take 12 hours, who may need to take just three or six hours, you know, one or two classes. So if they qualify for scholarship money, they can actually get that as a part-time student. We are talking with Phil Butcher. He's the Director of Transfer Admissions and Veteran Services at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. And I have to say that in thinking about the University of St. Thomas in Houston, I do not think adults continuing education or veteran services. I don't think part-time. I think uh, that's a pretty rigorous uh, uh, academic uh, uh, college. Is this a new kind of push? Has this always been available? Is the college, is the university really focusing on this here lately? What's Is there a change, or has it just always been there and I just didn't know? Um, the adult degree completion program formalizes something that's been kind of going on. Um, I think with our location, we're very, very close to downtown. We're close to the medical center. We're close to the Galleria area, Greenway Plaza. So there are a lot of working professionals there um, who we have picked up in our undergraduate programs. The adult degree completion program is sort of the university uh, formalizing its commitment to serve those students. So we're making a a concerted effort to um, develop more a more diverse way of delivering classes. So things like online, hybrid, night classes, um, things that are going to work with somebody's work schedule or, or that they can they can get their hours with work and family and things like that. So I think it's something that's kind of been going on at the university for, for a good while, but this is a, a formalization of it. I just noticed that I've been saying adult con- like continuing education, and you're, you're talking about adult degree completion program. Vastly different things, aren't they? Um, yeah, this is really geared on, geared to taking whatever credits you have. You need to have more than 60 credit hours to qualify for the program and figuring out a way to, to get you graduated with a degree. So we, have, um, we actually have five degree options. Um, the three are formal degree programs. So one is criminology, law, and society. And that is for people who would want to work in law enforcement. Maybe you want to go to law school. You want to work in public service. It's sort of a blend of, of uh, criminal justice, sociology, psychology. It's kind of a, a multidisciplinary study. Um, the, the department chair for that program is a, a really great guy. He's a gang expert from Los Angeles. Um, he's got a lot of knowledge in the field. The second one would be the uh, early education. It's the School of Education. It's for people who want to be teachers. Um, that is also a great program. We have a, uh, a very high placement rate for those teachers in the school districts here in Houston. Uh, it's like 95% or, or higher. Um, very good. The third formal degree is in general business. Our Cameron School of Business is a really great, um, a great college. They have really good connections with the business community here in Houston, so you can work on projects with um, companies in your class. There's internship opportunities and things like that. And then the other two degree options are general studies and liberal arts. And those are um, those are for people who have a lot of different credits, and we can kind of mix and match them to, to get them out with a degree. And then they can choose concentrations in those. So they can study a lot of business courses, but they can also study, you know, if they want to do a focus in art or history or something like that, that's also an option. I can see where... Um, it was- where you're taking people, especially veterans, who have a whole lot of training um, and, and who have um, some focuses on things and where they would this would be a perfect fit. 
do do um, some of the training that they get in the in in the military? Does that kind of transfer over too? Is that possible? Or we not? try to give them. We really are looking to maximize um, a student's credit, whether it's a veteran, a, a transfer student, a post back. Um, we are really looking to maximize their credit. Um, for veterans, we will give them as much credit as we can off of their military transcript. A lot of it comes in as electives, but that still takes time off of your degree because electives are required in virtually all of our programs. So absolutely, we do give credit for their military experience. Life experience, military experience. Tell me about, um, so the, the typically you have somebody transferring in who maybe have has gone to school or has gone to college a little bit, uh, to junior college perhaps, or to a university, but then left for some reason is that right correct do those um is do do all the credits that they've taken either in the state of texas or outside of texas transfer or is that kind of it just depends case by case um any sort of college level credit will come in um we'll take up to 90 hours from another university um things like vocational won't always come in or they may come in as elective remedial will not come in um but any sort of college level credit from a regionally accredited college or university will come in. I have uh, a, a little sister in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, and she went from a junior college to A&M, and she had to, basically one of her semesters was wiped out because they wouldn't take some of her credits over there. And I'm that makes me so mad that a student who's going to college in, in, in Texas, those things should transfer over into. I had something similar happen to me where I basically stayed at a community college one semester longer than I should have before transferring to a university. And I basically lost a semester's worth of credit. So oh. I can definitely relate to that. Um, you know, I am a veteran, so I, I did the whole um, – I've been through the process of going to college as a veteran. But that also puts me in the non-traditional student um, category. So I definitely feel the pain um, that some people have experienced. Yeah. Um, we are talking with Phil Butcher, who is the Director of Transfer Admissions and Veteran Services at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. Um Tell me about, uh, so you talked about the three different degrees, um, the the focus, and tell me a little bit, you were talking very proudly about them beforehand, such as the placement rates, because I I, I guess we talked about the, um, one of the questions that people always ask is, what do I do with the degree? What is it going to get me? And you have some good, st- solid uh, proof that this works. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, absolutely. We have quite a few stats to be very proud of at the university. One of the biggest ones is our graduates have the second highest starting salary of any graduates in Houston. Um, So I think that's very good. We're all worried about economic empowerment, and you really want to get your starting salary as high as you can on that first one to kind of keep the progress going. So I think that's huge. Um, 70% of our students are employed within six months after graduation. I think that's very big. Um, you know, that that's really that is huge because so many students get out of school and they don't know where they're going or what they're going to do. Do you help with with job opportunity, with placement, things like that? Absolutely. Our career services department, um, they do networking events on campus. They bring employers onto campus for job fairs. Um, they work with companies to get internships on campus. And then a lot of the individual schools do the same thing. So Cameron School of Business, they have great connections out in the business community for internships um, and things like that. They do a lot of their own networking for employment opportunities as well. Um, as I mentioned, the School of Education is very connected in the different school districts. And then Dr. Lacara with the, the School of Criminology is as well. 
Yeah. The, um, I, and this is why, I guess, the University of St. Thomas keeps popping up on these lists of best college for these non-traditional students because you can back it up and you have the stats there and you can tell that you have that you're doing good and plugging people in the right place. Absolutely. You know, I've been there for six years and it was really only supposed to be for two. Um, but the, the people that I work with are really great and the, the people at the university are really committed to helping the students. And so that's one of the big things that's kept me there. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about more, the, uh, more about the transfer admission requirements and things like uh, uh, SATs, grade point averages. Are those um, pretty hard fast or can you, can you massage them a little bit? Um, okay, so for a transfer student, as long as they have more than 24 credit hours, I don't need to see an SAT or an ACT score. We just need them to have 24 college credit hours with a 2.5 GPA or better. Now, we are a smaller school, so we can take a holistic approach. We do take a holistic approach to admissions. So if the GPA is, is off of the 2.5, um, I always say let's talk about it, let's look at it, and see what really happened because... Uh, for some students, there's a, the GPA doesn't tell the whole story, right? They could have had a, a death in the family and not dropped their courses. Any number of things could have happened to bring the GPA down. So true. And we have gotten some students that we've brought in, uh, you know, kind of under a probationary program, and then they, they flourish and they wind up doing very well in graduating. So we know that the GPA doesn't always tell the whole story. But the GPA is the best way to qualify for scholarship money. So the the better the GPA is, the more scholarship opportunities there are. Yeah. And let's talk about the scholarships. We touched on it briefly, but tell me about some of the kinds of scholarships that you have and how much money we're talking about. Absolutely. So, you know, for someone bringing in uh, above a 3.0, a 3.0 GPA or better, which is actually not the most difficult GPA to maintain in, in undergrad, they can get $10,000 in scholarship money. And that's before completing the FAFSA. That's before looking at any sort of need-based aid or anything like that. Wow, that's that's really great. That's that's incredibly helpful. Are there um, uh, specific tr- some specific scholarships that you can talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got that one. Um, but if they, you know, if they come in with a three point five or better, that's twelve thousand dollars. And then for those students coming from community colleges, the community colleges have an honor society called Phi Theta Kappa. If they join that, they can get an extra $5,000. And so if a student has a 3.5 and is a Phi Theta Kappa member, that's $17,000 in scholarship money. Yeah, there's, and, and it's just there to be had, and you just have to, um, I guess, go looking for it. And you have uh, ways that you help students find this. Absolutely. Our admissions office, the admissions counselors, and the financial aid counselors work with students to find, you know, every single penny they can to help subsidize the education. I have had students come to our school, and we are a private school, so tuition tends to run higher than public schools. But uh, I've had students come to, to the university and wind up paying less out of pocket than they would at a public school because we give so much scholarship money. Yeah. Um, when do when when should people think about um, doing this and begin the process? Um, as soon as possible, <laughs> they should. I mean, if you're in a community college right now, you should be thinking about when you're going to transfer. That's one of the biggest mistakes I made, and and as I mentioned before, it wound up with an extra semester and at least twelve lost credit hours. So I would say, if you're at a community college, you need to always be thinking about it. Um, if you're not, if you really are thinking about coming back to finish your degree, um, the application deadline for the spring is December 1st, so I would start thinking about it soon. Um, they can always visit finishmydegree.org. 
to, to learn more about the degree completion program or call our office at 713-525-3500 to discuss. But if they're if they're not ready to do it by December first, they can start and do it for the next semester too. That's that's the great part is you can start planning anytime. Correct. The university isn't going anywhere. We <laughs> plan on staying here in Houston. Um, so if if they're not ready to start in the spring, you know they can either check that website out, finishmydegree.org, or give us a shout to start the conversation. Um, I'm talking to students right now. Uh, one of them, I don't think she's going to start until you know, fall 2017 or maybe even spring 2018, but she's getting all her ducks in a row right now so that when that time comes, she's ready. Start the planning. Typically, how long does it take to go in and finish these? I know that it's a case-by-case basis, but how can, how can when can somebody expect to be able to get out with the degree? Um, that is a case-by-case basis. It really is. It could be as little as a year. It could be as long as three or four years. You know, if somebody comes in with just 60 credit hours and they're only going to be able to take one or two classes at a time, it's going to take longer. But if they're able to take more classes, it'll finish quicker. Um, what kind of veteran benefits are there? Are there specific benefits for the vets? Absolutely. You know, veterans can use any of the GI bills at our university. We're fully approved for that stuff. Um, I think the thing that makes us unique um, with the post 9-11 GI bill, which is the the new GI bill, that's the one that's been in the news a lot lately. um, They have a tuition cap for private schools. And so we are a private school, but they offer private schools the opportunity to participate in the Yellow Ribbon Program. And it's basically a, an agreement between the University of St. Thomas and the, the federal government to split whatever difference uh, the GI Bill wouldn't cover at the university. So the University of St. Thomas is a participant in that, and we participate at the infinite level, which means a veteran student who would need to use yellow ribbon funds, which is the majority of our undergraduate veterans, um, there's no there's no dollar limit cap on that and no number cap. So there's an, it's not like we only give it to five veterans and the first five get it. Um, it's every veteran on campus. There's no extra or every veteran who qualifies for the the post 9/11 GI Bill. Um, there's no extra paperwork or anything like that. So I think that really shows our commitment to helping these folks finish their degrees. Yeah. How competitive is it to get in? Um, we are considered a selective school. The The programming can be academically rigorous, so um, we are looking for people who can really handle that level of work. So it's, as I said, it's a 2.5 GPA to get in as a transfer student. Uh, I think the some of the schools here are a little lower, like maybe a 2.0, um, but a 2.5 is still very attainable. And how motivated is the university to keep students in? And if you start having a little problem, are you really focused on getting getting them to stay in? We are incredibly motivated to help them finish. Um, we do a couple of different things. Um, for the vets, for one thing, um, I try to keep an eye on them as far as, you know, just talk to professors and hear how they're doing. If there's something going on, I'll usually reach out, um, try to figure out if there's a bigger issue going on. Um, we have a, a tutoring a center that does free tutoring. Every student can come and use this. They do tutoring in any of the courses we offer. They have a writing lab where they can help people out with their papers. Um, as I said, we are a writing-intensive school, so that's a really good resource. Uh, we have a counseling and disability services office that can work with students if they're having some issues. Um, if they have documented disabilities, we have a lot of different accommodations we can offer as well. Um, and so we, we're very committed to making sure the students don't just start with us, but also finish with us. Because you have a very personal relationship with a lot of the veterans, can you 
Tell me about some of them, some of their stories, some of the things that you've seen and that has made impressions on you or touched you in any way. Uh, yeah, you know, my first graduation that I worked was one of the most awesome experiences because I saw people that I'd worked with over the past year um, actually walking across the stage. So it gets progressively more rewarding as I get to know more and more of them. But we've got veterans right now. Uh, one of them got a really awesome, uh, he started out with an internship and now works for the State Department. Um, wow. Yeah, Phew. doing some really cool Fantastic. stuff. Um, we've got veterans in medical school now. Um, I have one, he's up in, in Dallas in med school, so that's really exciting. Um, I have them working in finance, just in business. I mean, you name it, they're teachers. Um, it's It's really cool. Did they come in with that idea in their mind, or did they come in just looking for kind of the next thing, and it blossomed and turned into something, and they find themselves at the State Department? Um, some of them had that in mind. So the one at the State Department, he was very focused. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. But I have I have one who's actually he's a, a good friend of mine now, and um, he was very focused on finance, and that's what he wanted to get his degree in, and that's what he wanted to work in. And um, he was sending out a lot of, of resumes and just wasn't getting anything back. And, and he and I were talking, and I said, well, why do you want to do finance? And he talked about the money, and he, and he liked the, the business aspect of it. But he did construction in the Marine Corps, and he likes working outside. And so we started talking about that. I said, well, if you work finance, you're never going to be outside again. I said, you have six <laughs> years of construction management experience in the Marine Corps. You could parlay that into something very quickly. He started thinking about it and started sending out different types of resumes for different types of jobs. And uh, he got into this really awesome program with, I think it's ConocoPhillips, to be a drill site manager like of a, of a rig. And that's what he does now. Yeah. Fantastic. You just take the you know everything that he had together with the education and, and landed somewhere that's incredibly inspiring. Can you tell me about some of the adult uh, degree completion um, uh program some of the stories that have come out of there that that you know of um yeah i mean that's a pretty recent program but we have students um we had a student who was laid off and then he decided to come back to school and so he came to the university and he graduated this year he was actually our valedictorian and our our, uh the keynote speaker at the graduation ceremony as well um he did a lot of great things on campus he started to help or he helped start this student group for non-traditional older students like himself called the Second Start Group. Um, so I thought that was a really a neat experience to watch happen. This seems to appeal to people who are both looking for a way to start out um, well and you know to finish their education and, and, and enter the workforce with a, with a great job and a great degree, or and also just for older people, it's kind of like the second wave of your life, the second generation of your life. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, we see some students, we see students that fall exactly in that category where maybe the kids are grown up and they're out of the house now. Or or like the student I mentioned, he got laid off in the recession and decided to, to take a new approach to things. Yeah, incredible. So if somebody's interested, either they're hearing about this and they know somebody who would be a perfect candidate for this or somebody who's listening themselves – how do they get started? What do they need to do? Finishmydegree.org or give us a shout at 713-525-3500. Okay. And I also, you can Google uh, Adult Degree Completion Program or Veteran Services, uh, University of St. Thomas, and there's tons of information Absolutely. on Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you were this was going to be a two-year thing and you're there six years. Tell, explain that to me. 
Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and I like working <laughs> at the university. So um, I've gotten a little more responsibility, which always keeps things fun and challenging. And as I said, being there at commencement every May and watching my students walk across the stage is very fulfilling. I can really tell. I can see the passion. I can feel it. When you came in, I think you were a little worried about having to talk on the radio, but <laughs> the minute you started talking about this, I could really see your whole face light up. It's it's been good for you, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's been a blast. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, we've been talking with Phil Butcher. He's the Director of Transfer Admissions and Veteran Services at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. And one more time, what's the website? Finishmydegree.org. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. My name is Susie Hanks. You've been listening to FYI. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.